In this episode of Watch Time, we're going to be talking with John Block, Creative Service Director with Rock the House Entertainment and the host of the Post Time Podcast. We'll be discussing the basics of video post-production, and John is going to give us his editing tips and tricks for social media videos right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Watch Time, supercharged video marketing tips for the savvy small business owner and the modern mid-market professional with Flex Media's Kathy Taylor and Bill Barona. Welcome back to Watch Time. I'm Bill Barona. And I'm Kathy Taylor. Well, Kathy, I'm extra excited today because we have our first special guest since we've been back recording Watch Time after our couple-month break. Yes, I guess. I'm very excited, too. Um, We are glad to have John Block here. He is Creative Service Director with Rock the House Entertainment here today. And he's going to answer some of the questions that I'm sure everyone has burning concerning video editing. So, John, we really want to welcome you here. Thanks for being on our show. Uh, Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here today to talk about video editing. Awesome. And, and, and so I know in addition to your work at Rock the House, you also started your own podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about that and kind of why you decided to do it and, and what you hope to accomplish? Sure. Yeah. So I started a podcast. It's called The Post Show. You can find it on any popular streaming uh, podcast site. So Spotify, Apple Music. Um, and I started it because I kind of wanted to build a community basically around uh, interviewing professional video editors, creative people, because it can be quite intimidating starting out as a young professional, you know, entering into the video production or creative fields. And I find value in just conversations and learning from other people. So that's kind of why I started it. And I just find it so interesting hearing from other people's stories, you know, listening other people's paths in their careers. And, you know, I think there's something to take away in all of our conversations. So I started it and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed uh, listening to your podcast, John. Like, I definitely think that you are plugging a a hole that definitely needs to be filled. And um, I'm excited to continue listening. I'm excited to learn from the people you have on your show. And hopefully there's a lot of young creatives out there, or even older creatives that are just trying to get into the game and they can learn from you and and have a lot to take away from it. And that's also cool too, because I've been interviewing, you know, older people, younger people, kind of like getting the full scope of, you know, people in the industry. So it's been nice. Well, I'm really excited to have you here today because um, one of the things that I'm most excited about is the fact that you are also a fellow CBCC Media Tech alumni. I know we've had uh, Valerie Garrett on the show before, and she is also alumni. And, um, program is very near and dear to my heart. So I'm excited to have the second CVCC Media Technology alumni here with us today. Absolutely. And that program is so valuable. I learned so much in that class. And it's nice now, you know, we're starting to see different generations coming out of that class because you're in one of the first classes, I believe, in 2006. And I came out in 2015. So you know, it's starting to develop a lot of different generations and people coming out of that class. And it's nice that we're able to connect and, you know, talk about video production. Yeah, that program has been, I'd say, probably the most valuable thing I've done that can, it's actually helping my career right now. So anybody listening, if you are in the Cleveland, Ohio area, and um, if you're in the school districts that are part of CVCC, there's about seven or eight of them, 
Uh, check out uh, cvccworks.edu, I believe, or just search Cuyahoga Valley Career Center, and you can kind of see more about the program. But there is a lot of value. I mean, you get so much out of that that I feel like you don't even get in college, just the ability to check out a lot of the equipment, the ability to kind of have your own, you know, find your own niche or, you know, kind of, you know, find your way in the industry. So um, it's definitely been valuable. So I'm excited to be able to hear from you because I know that the program has advanced so much further, even from when I came out. Yeah, absolutely. And like it even advanced after I left too. They're like, I'm looking at the equipment they're using. I'm going, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of that and speaking about video and um, how we all got started, why don't you give us a little background into how you got interested in video and, um, you know, kind of how you got to where you are today? Sure. I'd be happy to. So really I started getting into video. My passion really started in, you know, as a child, you know, just making home videos, you know, on my PC and windows movie maker. Um, you know, and really just messing around and seeing what I can do. I really uh, found interest in just creating something from nothing or combining things and creating an end product of it. Um, you know, video is really like magic and video production is, you know, anything's possible. You know, it's a really cool medium to explore. And while I was in high school as a sophomore, uh, I went to Twinsburg High School. And I took their interactive media course there as a sophomore. And it was basically like broadcast journalism class. And I learned, that's really when I started learning a lot more of the professional video editing. So I started using Premiere Pro. um, And then junior, senior year, I enrolled in media technology at Cuyahoga Valley Career Center. And that's really when I started to build my skill set to enter into my career today. And as a senior in that course, I was lucky to find an internship with Rock the House. So in May of my senior year, uh, about two, three weeks, I worked as a warehouse intern with them. And at the end, they offered me a small part-time job, about 10 hours a week. Um, and I helped them create videos and assisted their graphic designer uh, with designs. And eventually I moved up and started doing all of the graphic design work for them. And today, or just recently, I got promoted to creative services director. So I oversee the whole post-production uh, department from creative uh, project management all the way through managing editing teams and the whole creative process. Well, congrats on your promotion. That's awesome. <laughs> and as you are you know, overseeing a lot of the process, um, what, what's your favorite part? I mean, I liked how you talked about, you know, how you kind of thought it was magic, you know, early on and, you know, is there a part of the process that really stands out and seems magical to you? Definitely like solving problems. And I think that is, uh, the biggest thing as a video editor, there's going to be bumps in the road as you start editing, uh, projects and finding creative solutions to pull the whole project together. I find really rewarding. You know, because the client or the customer might be like, oh, I'm not sure based on the footage that you shot. But once they see it in the end, it's like, wow, it really pulled together. I think that's the my favorite part of the editing process. That's really cool. I um, I, I like that you said it's a problem solving process. And um, I, I always feel video editors are like magicians because it's it's always that um, the thought process people have. And I'm sure you probably know where I'm going with this, how many clients that you've talked to and they go, Oh, we could fix it in post. And they always say that, but they never quite know what that means. And 
So I always look at editors as magicians. Yeah, and what's funny is the people I work with, that's kind of my nickname is the magician. Oh, yeah, John will do it. He's, <laughs> he'll just magically do it, you know. But, yeah, yeah, post-production is kind of like magic. It's it's pretty cool. So what, like, what specifically got you interested in post-production? I know you said problem-solving, but was it – you know, did you find influence from, you know, watching movies? Was it, you know, television? Was it making your own movies like you were saying before? But what kind of ignited that spark for you? And really, you know, you found out like, this is my favorite part. I don't know. I just kind of, I think I just, I think it really, it's like the first thing I discovered, like on the computer as a kid, you know, I opened up Windows Movie Maker, I was messing around with the titles, you know, the, the camera is cool, but I think what you really do with it in post-production is really where the magic happens. And I just kind of gravitated towards it. I can't really explain it other than that. I have to say that I, I like what you said there, and I didn't really think about it till you started saying that like it was the first thing that you kind of got into or touched. And like for me, I, I like editing, don't get me wrong, but I, I love being behind the camera. I've always wanted to be like when I was going to CVCC, like I, I used to like look at these uh, different video maker magazine and I would read books and I would look at these photographers, these ENG guys that were out in wars and they were out in, you know, the middle of the desert and they were like capturing all of this footage. And I just had such a respect for them. But the first thing that I had ever done in the industry was shooting sports videos and things like that. I didn't really, I mean, I edited, but my first like main goal and what people put me in charge of was running the camera. So I think there is something to be said, you know, when you, you find something that, you know, I guess, really sparks your passion, like where, whatever you're doing at that time, I think it brings you back to that feeling, you know, you first got the first time you, you know, you know, finally figured out what it was you were meant to do. Yeah. And what's interesting, like in all of the projects I worked with, it's like, yeah, I might do video or I might do audio, but there's like always editing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It kind of always, it seemed like throughout my career so far, it always comes down to, oh yeah. And now it's time to edit. So I don't know. I think it's it's just one of those things I gravitated to throughout the years. Well, so the big thing I did want to talk to you about and why we really were excited to have you here also was talking about video editing. So your passion, we wanted to bring some of that to this podcast. And a lot of our listeners to this podcast are you know, small business owners. They are people that are in small marketing teams. And you know, they may not always be able to hire a video production person or a video production team or an editor. So I really wanted to, you know, have you touch on some of these basics and things that maybe they should be keeping in mind or even places where they can go to learn a little bit. So kind of thinking about that and keeping that in mind, um, do you have any advice that you would give to somebody that maybe isn't a video expert or maybe doesn't have a lot of experience in video if they have to edit their own videos? So where I would start is probably on YouTube. There's a lot of great videos. You know, I would actually just watch a lot of YouTube videos because there's a lot of content out there that people make, you know, tutorials that you can get started really quickly and learn almost about 70 to 80% of what you really need to know free on the internet. So I would start there. Um, when it comes to software, uh, I know uh, Premiere Pro can be expensive, but there is a free alternative I'd like to mention, which is DaVinci Resolve. Um, and what's nice about DaVinci Resolve is that there is a free training on Blackmagic Design's website. So you can pretty much learn how to use the software within a few hours um, by watching their video tutorials. 
Uh, so that's where I would go for that. And if you really want to learn about the art of video editing, I highly recommend this book, In the Blink of an Eye by Walter Murch, where he really dives into the art of film editing. You know, he, he was actually a film editor. And actually in his second edition, he talks about going to uh, digital cinema. But the intimacy of editing, uh, the art of it, uh, you can pull from this book. So I would start there um, and you should be in good shape. That's great advice. You know, I think there's so much you can just do on your own um, rather than even, you know, going to school, like just, you know, trying to figure out, um, you know, what interests you and you know, there's more on the internet and, and published all the time. So um, um, great. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of great programs out there that don't cost anything um, besides, you know, apps and programs or some other resources out there that uh, you like to use that are free. Sure. So my favorite music library that I love to use is called Facebook Sound Collection. And what's nice with that is uh, you are clear to use that music and it can be posted on Facebook, Instagram, you know, and you're free from copyright restrictions. So I go there for my music. Uh, if you're looking for stock photography, unsplash.com is great, a great website to go and get stock photos. And for stock video, if you, you know, just need a simple stock video of something pixels video i believe that's p-e-x-e-l-s.com you might want to check that before i can't remember but pixels video is a great website to get just free stock videos that you can use in your uh video project as well as sound bible if you're doing sound effects uh, that's also a good website to grab some free royalty free sound effects for that's great advice i like all of those uh sites that you were uh, listing off. I was trying to write them all down. So they'll all be in the show notes for everybody that's listening. And um, one little uh, testimony, I guess, to the uh, Pexels video, because I've used that before. I had a client that wanted to put together like a short little open. And I didn't have a stock site uh, set up at the time because I didn't really have a need for it. And I used um, probably six or seven clips off that Pexels video just to like put it together to get his approval. Like, Hey, this is what we can do. If you like it, you know, we'll buy the clips from, you know, another source. And he was like, I like these clips. Let's just use these. So I used seven clips from there and they were all, you know, royalty free and they were great quality. So I'm sure all of your other recommendations are probably just amazing. And I'm definitely going to be checking some of those out. So going from there, like now that we have some of these resources and some places to go and look, um, there were, were a couple of things I did want to ask you on the editing resource, and then that's going to kind of roll into my next question um, on editing cell phone video, because that's something that I know is really on, I'm sure, a lot of people's mind. But um, DaVinci Resolve, I think that's a great recommendation. Is there anything like, I guess, is there something that would be even easier, do you think? And if so, is it something that's mobile and you know, if it is mobile, is that a great way to edit cell phone video? I know it's kind of like a couple questions, but I guess really just looking for like an easy editing app for somebody that maybe doesn't have any idea where to start and then the easiest way to edit some cell phone footage, because I'm sure that's what a lot of our listeners are probably dealing with. Yeah, I haven't really worked with a lot of mobile video editing software, but I do have some recommendations if you do have cell phone footage and you're looking to edit it. Uh, one thing is if you are working on your uh, mobile phone, be sure to check your storage space because video files can be quite large. And depending on your micro SD card that's in your phone, you'll have to make sure that you have enough storage space. 
or if you're saving to the cloud or a cloud app, you know, making sure you have enough storage space there. And I'm not sure how the video editing software would uh, relate to the cloud storage. I'm not sure how that would work on the phone, but those are things to consider on that point. The other thing is to check your video codec. So when you're recording video on a phone, you wanna make sure that you'll be able to edit it later that's compatible with the video editing software. Um, what I would recommend if you're thinking about planning a video shoot with using your phone is to do a test record on your phone and then drag it, just drag a simple clip into your editing bay and see if you can play with it. Because in the past, uh, especially now doing virtual events, we have a lot of customers that send us cell phone videos and sometimes we are having issues working with them. I have to do some converting or, you know, it's in a weird format because sometimes phones, you know, they're all different. You just have to make sure that it's in a video codec that you can work with. So those are two things to think about there. And lastly, I just want to say like the orientation. So a normal video is horizontally 1920 by 1080, but usually how you hold your phone is upright vertically. So it'd be 1080 by 1920. So just knowing how you want your video to look in the end, you know, kind of shoot to edit per se is always uh, good advice in my opinion. Yeah, excellent advice. Um, and as you said, you know, being prepared to, you know, shoot to edit, um, what about shooting for, you know, sharing? Like what considerations, if any, um, should you be thinking about um, when you are working on it, you know, in regard to like where your video is going to go ultimately? Sure. So, you know, that is a very good point to keep in mind is like where it's going to go in the end. So is it going to go on social media? Is it going to go on a website? You want to make sure that your, your video is high quality enough to go on whichever platform you're going to choose. Um, there, the, the video could be going to a lot of different areas. So you just have to keep in mind, you know, the final resolution size of where it's going to go and making sure that you're shooting for that. We can probably dive into that a little bit later. I think those are all really great points. And to kind of advance that, I know Kathy and I really wanted to talk to you about, you know, editing video for social media and kind of walking into that. So I know we, we wanted to dive in and talk about how video per platform can be very different. So it's not the same thing when you're shooting for social media versus, you know, shooting for your website. So I know with you being at Rock the House, a lot of people may think that, you know, this is just weddings and events, but I know you have a lot of hands-on experience working on social media videos, working with nonprofits and doing live streams and different things like that. So, you know, are there any considerations that people should be thinking about when they are, you know, you talk about shooting to edit, maybe shooting to edit for social media. So what would those considerations be? Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially for like social media posts, because those are going to be, you know, the number one thing with like social media posts is you have to get uh, the viewer's attention. So in the editing process, uh, the two things I love to focus on is rhythm and eye trace. Um, so making sure that it's, uh, it has a good rhythm that goes to the beat, that it's easy to watch, it's uh, consistent. Uh, that the cuts happen kind of like you're almost anticipating the cut to happen. And then eye trace, I actually found in the book in the, in the blink of an eye is knowing where the viewer's eye is on the screen. What are they looking at? And what I love to do when editing is I kind of put my cursor over my preview window and I kind of follow it 
uh, play the video and follow where I'm looking at. And the closer the cursor is on the next cut, the smoother the cut's going to be because the viewer is already looking at that next uh, frame. So kind of making it very easy for the viewer to watch on social media is going to really help because it keeps them engaged and focused on the content. Where if you have content, the composition, and it's on different sides of the screen, it's going to kind of look a little too chaotic. But yeah, just making content look really seamless, uh, I think, is the goal on social media. That's awesome. You know, great advice. And and then you know, going on to a little bit deeper, um, you know, does the social media platform matter when you're you know looking to? Uh, edit a video, whether you're looking to share it on Facebook versus, you know, uh, TikTok or one of those other platforms? Yeah. So what I would say is definitely for like Facebook, YouTube, other kind of like longer form, you could probably post a longer video where like Instagram, TikTok, we usually try to make very short snappy videos for. So I would keep that in mind. I think that's the biggest difference in this, in like video for social media is probably the length, uh, probably also quicker cuts for Instagram and TikTok too, especially TikTok with like uh, the rhythm, focusing a lot on rhythm and also like using a lot of match cuts for TikTok as that platform loves to use uh, match cuts a lot. What is match cuts to the um non-technical person. So a match cut is when you cut on action where the action matches between the two shots where it looks like you're doing uh, the same thing. So like say if you throw a ball and the shot is you throwing a ball and it hits the wall and then the next shot you cut on that action and here it's not a ball, it's something else, but the action remains the same. So your eye is kind of anticipating that next shot and it kind of doesn't look like a cut, but it is a cut. So it's kind of like a phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. It's magic. It's video magic. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's great advice. I think, you know, it's very important that you're definitely looking at length. We talk to our clients about that all the time. You know, something that may work on YouTube is not going to work on Facebook. And obviously something that works, you know, is going to be on TikTok for that short amount of time is not going to work on YouTube. So I think that's just great advice to be thinking about and even diving deeper and talking about specifically how you're actually making your edits for the platform is just solid advice. And to some people listening, it may seem a little overwhelming if you're not used to editing and it may, you may not even completely understand, but when you start doing it and you start getting into it, you'll start to figure this out more and you'll be making these cuts and doing these things without even knowing it just because it feels right and it looks right to you. So just keep that in mind as well. So I guess going from there, I know one question we often get a lot is, do you need high quality video, you know, to be on social media? Does that make, you know, it more successful? You know, you've edited a variety of videos. You talked about how clients were sending you cell phone video for certain um, events and things like that. And can you speak to maybe um, if you actually need high quality video to be successful on social media? Sure. I think high quality is very helpful, especially in post-production, but I don't think it makes the end result uh, better per se. I think a nice video looks nice on social media, but keep in mind the way people see social media, it's usually on their phone. So, you know, if you have a 4K, 8K video on your phone, it's probably not going to look 
it might look a little better, but it's probably going to look very similar to a 720, you know, P video on your phone. So what I like to think of is uh, that higher quality video is good for editing because you can really control the composition. You know, if you have more frames per second, you have more frames to choose to cut on. So you can make more precise edits. Uh, if you have a higher resolution in post-production, you can really, you know, zoom in, crop in, and really control your composition as you start editing and designing, designing your final video. So th those would be the takeaways for like high quality video. It's really beneficial in the editing process, but possibly on social media, you know, maybe not so much, but it's nice to shoot in higher quality. That way you have the ability later on to use it in a lot of different areas, you know, creating a video. Say if you do one video, it goes on social media. Um, you could take another video and put it on a website. Maybe that's higher quality. You can kind of, if you shoot in higher quality, you at least have the ability to decide whether you should export it at a lower resolution for different platforms. And that's another point too, is some video editing software has different export settings that are already built for like Facebook or YouTube. So it's very easy to just export a video for a specific platform. Yeah, that that's a great point. I know, you know, we have a lot of um, clients that either from the start know that they're going to want videos for social media off of something that we did, you know, for maybe their website, um, or maybe later on they come back and say, hey, can we chop that up a little bit and have those? So, um, you know, it, it's good to kind of just cover your bases and, and have that quality from the start so you can use it um, as flexibly as you need to. So, um, so after all this great advice and everything, I'm just wondering are, if you can share any examples or success stories um, on how you were able to um, do some great editing or problem solve um, or anything for anyone in your experience? Sure. So one of them was uh, a campaign we did a few years ago called the 25 rock stars before Christmas. And basically throughout the year, I went to events and me and the team, we captured highlight videos or we captured video from events and created highlight videos for them. And later on, as it got slower, we brought in guests and interviewed them about the event, like event planners and different people that we worked with for the event. And basically we edited the highlight video and then we, inter we interviewed them and had that video. So we put the interview and then the highlight video on the tail end of that and used that as a social media post, primarily on Facebook, we were pushing it. Um, and that was very successful. So each day, we would post a new video and an interview and a highlight video uh, leading up to Christmas. So that was a pretty cool campaign uh, that we did. And what's cool after the fact, uh, we uploaded them to YouTube and the way we edited it, or should say uh, produced the videos is we didn't really talk about Christmas in the video. So we were able to, you know, just change the thumbnail to be general that way we can repurpose it it's not specific to that time of the year so we kind of thought ahead in that manner and really overall that cam campaign really worked out well uh it brought a sense of community together you know talking and really reconnecting with all the people we worked with throughout the year and it was just a really feel good project that's really cool there's a great example of thinking ahead how you know you can 
you want to maximize, you know, videos as much as possible. And if you have something that's a little more evergreen or that you can share beyond the holidays, you know, why not do it? So that's, that's a really cool example. Um, I mean, this has been really great, John. I, I want to thank you so much. Um, you shared a lot of valuable information with us and I'm sure our, you know, listeners are ready to sit down and start editing, hopefully after all this. Um, and if uh, listeners do want to learn more about you, where can they go? Sure. So they can go to my website, johnthevideoguide.com. Um, I started a blog, you know, I'm, I'm on there posting about video editing. I also have the podcast on there as well, as well as some video tutorials. So feel free to check those out. Uh, if you want to learn more about Rock the House, feel free to go to rockthehouse.com and you can follow them at I Got Rocked on social media. Well, thank you so much for that, John. And I know I will definitely be checking out those resources that uh, you gave us for the show. And I'll definitely be going to your website and checking that out and watching some of your tutorials. A lot of the information you gave us today was really valuable. So I'm interested to learn some more from you. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, thank you. And as always, everybody listening, we encourage you to send your thoughts and questions and any topics you want to hear us discuss on the podcast to info at flexmediacle.com. And you can DM us on any of our social media channels at FlexMediaCLE on Instagram and Twitter. And let us know how we're doing. Make sure to rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podbean. Subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when we come out with our next podcast. So thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to Watch Time. Make sure to subscribe and share the podcast and leave us feedback on today's episode. That's a wrap.